What's going on, everybody? It's your boy. Hardest part of the ring. And TLC. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Is indeed a pay-per-view that happened. No question about that. Of all the things I've seen in my life, of all the shows that I've witnessed as a wrestling fan, man, that is by far the most recent one that I've seen. Absolutely. But yeah, that's, I mean, that pretty much sums up my thoughts on the show. It had, it had its high spots for sure. Um, I mean, I guess like any show does has its ups and downs, but man, a lot of this show was kind of like either like on the bottom or kind of like in the middle, like as far as thumbs go. You know how you do it with your thumbs. It was a pretty okay show. It wasn't um, an absolute car wreck, although certain matches were. We'll get to that later. But just wanted to come up here and give my immediate thoughts since I just f finished watching it a few hours ago. Um, but yeah, man, it was an interesting one. I mean, a lot of times, you know, pay-per-views are kind of thrown together. But it seemed like this particular show is just really like just kind of shotgunned in the past like two weeks or so it was kind of like just kind of thrown together hastily and you know they tried their best to keep things at least somewhat logical but um yeah it's just not a the build was kind of okay for the show and the quality of the show itself really translated accordingly to that build uh but i guess might as well just start straight from the top the pre-show match of the show um i believe was uh, first announced like a few hours before maybe maybe a little bit more than that humberto carrillo versus andrade i did get a chance to see this match and of course you don't even have to watch the match to know that this match was off the fucking charts uh these two have great chemistry we saw them have a match on raw last week and i'm sure this match here on the tlc kickoff won't be the last time they go one-on-one -on -one, but man it was a Terrific match, a good uh, Lucha Libre style match, a lot of good chemistry between these two, and uh, Humberto ultimately getting the win here, furthering, it seems like the point of this match and the point of their match last week on Raw was kind of to plant the seeds for a possible split between Andrade and Selena, which doesn't seem like a very popular thing on social media, and I agree, I mean, I'll, I'm kind of like thinking in my head what could possibly be the reasoning because it seems like such a perfect combo right i mean because andrade is obviously his english is limited um from what i'm understanding he has been working on that i mean dirt sheets are dirt sheets you hear what you hear you take everything with a grain of salt but uh common sense and you know just history would suggest that andrade's lack of english really neuters him and really you know, prevents him from breaking that glass ceiling to the to the upper echelon of the roster and to the to the main event scene of these shows. So, but Selena being there kind of creates that bridge, right? Because Andrade doesn't have to speak for himself; he has someone to speak for him. That's we we all know the concept of a mouthpiece. You know, it's not the first time that's occurred, but I don't know. Maybe they uh, maybe they're confident in in Andrade's English. Maybe you know, maybe they think he has the ability to carry himself on his own. Maybe they have plans to link up with somebody else. Maybe they want Zelina to be more, to have more of a part in the women's wrestling on the show as opposed to being just a manager. Maybe they're not even going to break it up at all. Maybe it's all a, a bigger thing, you know? Or maybe, or maybe 
this will all just get dropped like next week and they'll pretend like it never happened. I mean, but who knows? Ultimately, all we know is that this match on the kickoff show is great. Um, not surprised it was on the kickoff show. I didn't really have much of a build to it at all. So I'm happy about it. Um, and that was the only match on the kickoff, I believe, right? Um, which brings us to the beginning of the main show, which was the New Day versus Revival ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, I had no idea this was a ladder match until like the day of. I don't know if they did that on SmackDown or what, but um, actually, I, I did not. I'm, re- I'm realizing as I'm talking that I didn't catch SmackDown on Friday. Um, Friday is just a tough day, man, to, to stay up and watch wrestling, you know, whether you're out or just busy on the weekends in general. But ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Championships, and I was pumped for it. And uh, it was a good match. It was a great match. I feel like they had, like, a second gear that they never really hit in this match. I mean, I guess, the, you know, the general premise of the story here was Revival won a wrestling match. A pure wrestling match because that's you know that's their bread and butter but it was ultimately turned into a ladder match which slightly favors the new day because i know i mean biggie's not climbing ladders like a fucking cat or anything but kofi is kofi has more as far as the current roster goes i mean who has more ladder match experience than kofi kingston so it made sense from that standpoint um you know we had a lot of the match was dash and dawson kind of just beating on kofi and biggie with the ladders using them as weapons um some brutal bumps in this match man um, I know there was a, a superplex spot. I believe it was Big E giving the suplex to uh, Dash, I guess. And like Dash, like completely missed the ladder. Maybe like clipped it on like the side of his head, and then Big E landed like very awkwardly on the corner of it. That looked brutal. Um, and then of course like the the, the closing sequence of the match where. Scott Dawson fell onto the ladder that was already broken. So, like, falling onto shards of a metal ladder is obviously ten times worse than just flat backing on a on a you know a flat ladder. I mean, neither is great. Obviously, I would I would hate to do either of those bumps. But man, shout out to everybody in this match. Everybody worked really hard. Um, I feel like there's still more gas in the tank as far as this feud goes. Um. <clears throat> So yeah, they, these two teams can fight forever, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, throw the Usos in there, throw whoever. Um, the SmackDown tag division is quite is, is sneakily pretty good, even with like heavy machinery or entertaining as hell. Um, they had Gable and uh, Mustafa Ali teaming up for a few matches. I don't know if that's gonna be a long term thing, but that could be a that could be a pretty cool deal there too. But yeah, this ladder match is pretty good. I enjoyed it. Up next. This next match was, uh, in my opinion, the match of the night for sure. Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. So, so happy that these guys got time. I was worried that this would be like a really quick match, a quick, like, you know, formulaic Monday Night Raw style match, but that it was not. It was, it almost had like the tone of uh, NXT TakeOver as, as far as like the pacing of the match and the way uh, certain spots were handled in this match. Um, so, yeah, you had Buddy Murphy coming out first, doing the whole sitting down the crisscross applesauce thing that Alistair Black does, and you had Alistair doing it back to him. Like, it's little subtle things like that were kind of spruced throughout this match, which I really enjoyed, because my concern of this match was that it was just going to be two guys doing some fancy moves in front of a dead crowd. And at first, it kind of was uh, seeming like that's what it was going to be. You know, the crowd was kind of... I, I mean, honestly, the whole, oh, the whole night, the crowd was pretty, pretty dead. 
but in the beginning of this match, they were, they were pretty dead as well. But by the end of the match, they were all on their feet. And that, that is the mark of talented performers. The ability to gain an audience within the time span of one match. And they definitely earned it. A lot of hard-hitting strikes, a lot of Lot of lot of cool sequences here, and ultimately Alistair Black got the win. No surprise here. Um, hopefully, we see him being involved in something more high caliber on this show because I feel like he's a guy that's been heavily underutilized. He's probably not, if not my very favorite on uh, on the WWE main roster. He's definitely top three. He has a such a cool style, such a, a realistic, legitimate looking style, and I think that's something that. Uh, fans can resonate with and get behind and uh buddy murphy same thing man i think uh he had a lot of steam coming off his matches with roman and brian i think they kind of just forgot about him which is unfortunate i really hate the goddamn music he has man that that old music he had when he was on 205 live was so badass and now that they've really it's pretty much the same thing just way watered down and just there's just like i don't know man just like not any bass to it or any excitement and it kind of just a very one tempo no excitement to it at all i don't know man it's just very nondescript and no personality to it but hopefully it does that doesn't keep buddy from having success on the roster because he's one of those guys that i always like watching um next match sorry by the way guys i sound a little nasally i'm like i think i caught something the other day but i'm a professional goddamn broadcaster so i'm here anyways um but just know that i'm aware that i sound as obnoxious as obnoxious as i sound um next match uh, speaking of obnoxious and disappointing, Viking Raiders open challenge for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Now, we all knew this match could go one of two ways. Either we could get something super awesome or super who gives a fuck. And we got super who gives a fuck. Just uh, the OC ended up accepting the challenge pretty predictably, honestly. It was either it's either going to be them or AOP. And I think AOP is still, um, I think they'll get there eventually for sure. But it's probably a little too early for that. I think with them, they're still just trying to establish their alliance with Seth Rollins and kind of creating their own personalities there. But one day, one day they'll get there. But OC comes out. You know, they, they did the best they could with the making sense of the match. The OC are the only team that have beaten the Viking Raiders, at least by at least by uh, pinfall. So they had a legitimate gripe with them. They had a legitimate reason for getting the title match, which that that aspect of it I did like. Um, but I feel like this could have been just a match you could have just built towards. Like it didn't have to be a an open challenge. Like you could have just, you know, had a build, had storyline. You know that that that's a what I just laid out for you. OC beat the Viking Raiders, so they should get a title shot. I mean, it's a pretty cut and dry thing that you could do on Raw, and you can add some. Add some fire to it, and you know, pretty much replace the Street Profits with the with the Viking Raiders, and you could have just had an easy story to build to. But no, they just the classic WWE. They don't really have an idea, so we'll just say they have an open challenge, and we'll figure it out later. Um, but the match, the match was what it is. What it is. The Viking Raiders have really, unfortunately, become very formulaic on the main roster, and that's not a knock on them. That's just. The, uh, the main roster style, man, you got to get your shit in, get all your moves, get all your signature moves, you know, yeah, Hanson or whatever, uh, Ivar, go do your cartwheel, do your, do your rebound off the ropes, elbow and Eric, your knee, yell at the guy's face as he's falling to the ground and do the Viking experience, bing, bang, boom. 
head to the back. And it just feels like that's all they are every week, and they have so much more potential than that. I mean, that match that they had with Aleister Black and Ricochet at TakeOver earlier this year was one of my favorite tag matches of all time, to be perfectly honest. And that is, even just looking at take at NXT alone, there is a lot of competition there. But the Viking Raiders have so much potential. They're such a unique team. And I feel like they're just getting... I, I, I don't want to keep saying watered down. I don't want to keep repeating myself, but they are, man. They are, uh, they are a shell of what they are capable of being. Um, but hopefully they get involved with something meaningful, meaningful soon, uh, whether that's the AOP or a whole other team entirely. But uh, as far as this match goes, it ends in a double count out, which is just, it's just shit on top of shit, man. I mean, they had, a, I guess they had to advertise KFC. I guess they thought this was the way to do it. Um, but I guess in any show you need a let up match. So I guess it served its purpose in that aspect. Um, <laughs> I thought it was really funny because the match ends and then, uh, the Viking Raiders kind of beat down the OC afterwards. And then I, I believe it's Eric pulls over the table with all the, all the KFC food on top of it. And everyone's so hyped, man. Cause they, you know, everyone, that whole match is waiting for somebody to get slammed through the mashed potatoes. But goddamn, they they wipe all the food off before they put them through the table. Like that is such, that is so significantly less awesome. Like you get put through a table, it's whatever. But you have mashed potatoes in your trunks. I would hate that. That is so much more devastating to have a drumstick right, like all in all in your fucking skin. Just have have chicken grease all over your goddamn nipples. I would hate that, but. They decided to not be entertaining here and just put uh, Carl Anderson through a regular table with that happened to have a KFC little uh, skirt on it. So, whatever. Uh, next match. King Corbin versus Roman Reigns in a TLC match. Let's see. I have no thoughts on this match. It was a pretty... Uh, it was a pretty whatever match. Um, I feel like they didn't use any tables or ladders. I'm trying to like remember off the top of my head. I was kind of on my phone for a lot of this match because it was a lot of just Corbin beating on Roman Reigns very slowly. Which, look, that's his job, man. I'm not going to hate Corbin for that. He's a heel. That's how heels wrestle. You're supposed to hate the heels. And I hated Corbin in this match. So he's doing his job perfectly. I'm not knocking Corbin. But, man, this match was just uh, it lacked a certain something. And he had, it was like a... So we had Corbin, Ziggler, um, the Revival, and then like all the random security guards, all of them versus Roman Reigns. So it's like there's not even like a semblance of realism or, you know, can Roman fight back from this? Because it's not, you know, they just suffocated him until Corbin ended up winning. Um, end of days on the chair, one, two, three. I mean, it's good. I feel like Corbin is just constantly losing. So I don't have a problem at all with him winning here. Um, I feel like that could have been done in a more dramatic way. This match kind of seemed to uh, have a snail's pace, and then the finish was just the snail falling over. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was a lackluster match, in my opinion, but it served its purpose, and hopefully, uh, I mean, I'm sure this thing's not over. I'm sure they'll have another match in the future, but I guess the next pay-per-view is Royal Rumble, right? I'm sure they'll both be on the match, so... As far as high-profile pro- high pay-per-view matches, I'm sure they're probably done here for a little bit at least. So at least there's that. At least we have that, everybody. Um, after that, we have 
Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. And I I, I honestly didn't even realize that in the, as I was watching this that it wasn't for the Universal Championship. And if I, I'm glad because if I had realized that, I would have completely just walked away. I wouldn't have even watched it. Like, <laughs> why, why, wasn't, why wasn't it for the title? I mean, I guess Miz technically hasn't really had any wins that would warrant him a title match. But, I mean, isn't the whole premise of it, you know, because... Bray Wyatt, you know, not not the fiend, but Bray Wyatt wants to play, quote unquote, with people, and his method and getting them to play with him is by offering up his championship. So why? But I guess you know, I guess he's you know that's why. I'm sorry, I'm kind of thinking out loud here. I guess that's why Bray attacked, not attacked, but I guess he's kind of terrified Mrs. Family. I guess that kind of coaxed him into the match. So yeah, you know what? Now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I guess it kind of makes sense. I guess it didn't need to be for the title, but why 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 not? If you're gonna have Bray win anyways, why not just why not just add that on top of it? But anyways, but as far as the match, I love the uh, the entrance. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I loved it to an extent because I you know he had the music, he had Bray come out in his stupid sweater and his his stupid pants, and yeah. And you just had him being happy-go-lucky, waving to the crowd. I thought that was hilarious. However, if we're talking about entrances and we're, we're talking about pre-match stuff that I did not like about this match, I mean, there there is no... You can't get more blood feud than this. Like, Bray is literally terrorizing the Miz's family. His little daughter, go, he's sneaking into their house and switching out a doll with some creepy-ass fiend doll in Miz's daughter's crib. Like, Miz, he, he should have attacked Bray in the aisle way. He should have attacked Bray backstage before the match even started. Miz comes out in his, his goofy goofy jacket and his glasses, and he's doing all his poses, and his, you know, he's getting on the turnbuckle and pointing to the crowd, doing all the, the typical Miz shit, when this guy should be livid. He should be chomping at the bit. He should he should have came out there in his wrestling, he should have came out there in his, his fucking jeans and no shirt, was ready to beat the shit out of Bray. But no, he's just doing, he's being a, a just a, a pro wrestler in a pro wrestling match against a guy that terrorized his fucking family last week and for the past few weeks. So that aspect I did not like about this match. I mean, even, you know, you have... Because Miz came out first, and then Bray came out, and Bray's literally on top of the announce table waving at the crowd with his back towards Miz, and Miz is just standing there like an asshole. Miz is literally being cucked alive on pay-per-view. That part really bothered me about this match and the match itself was just like i get the purpose they want to they have this bray white character that they have not utilized inside of a ring yet and this is kind of an introduction to that it was a very character heavy match but um i don't know i, I don't think miz works well as a babyface man i think he 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 cuts a solid babyface promo. I think he has he has a lot of emotion when he's um, involved in something that he's very passionate about. But Bell to Bell, man, that dude is so soft. Everything he does is so soft. Those he needs to stop doing those those running knees into the corner. You know he'll he'll knee him in the corner, run to the other corner, run back and him with another knee. They are so so soft. It's awful to watch, dude. I mean everything he does is soft. When in reality, he should literally be trying to rip this guy's face off his body and shove it up his ass. Like, that's what he should be doing, but it was not portrayed 
in the bell-to-bell action of this match. Um, but Bray ends up getting the win. Whoop-de-doo. Um, and after the match, we have the American Dragon making his return. Um, thank God. I hated, hated Daniel Bryan's hair and his stupid beard. I think he looks so much better with this this new look, this new uh, buzz cut and just like scruffle on his face, whatever it is. Basically looking like he did when he first debuted in the WWE. So yeah, I'm excited for that. It's such a, like a silly thing to get excited about, but it's like he's a whole new character like that. And I'm kind of excited to see how the storyline progresses with uh with uh, Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt. Because I think they kind of like planted the seed for how it would uh, end up with this Miz and Wyatt match. But I think it's going to take to a whole new level when uh, Bryan and Wyatt eventually meet again. Because I thought their match at, um, at Survivor Series was pretty good. Um, it wasn't like groundbreaking or anything it wasn't a five-star match it wasn't a five-star match by any means but i think uh they're building the story very well between white and brian and i don't know if it'll wrap up at royal rumble or if they'll take this all the way to mania but i'm excited for the ride nonetheless up next bobby lashley versus rusev in a tables match you know a lot of the things that a lot of my criticisms of the previous match can also apply to here um just again another a feud that should be riddled and just like personal vendetta should be caked in just viciousness and violence and each person trying to kill the other person. But WWE's vision for that is a tables match, a match where you just, you could just slip and fall through a table and you lose, you know? Um, but the, ultimately it's up to the characters in the match to, work with what they have and to um, take the story that's been built and package it up into something that is that tells the story and that effectively is a payoff to the story that's been built. And it just didn't feel, it felt flat. I mean, the crowd wasn't into it. I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think these guys have very good chemistry in the ring personally, but I don't know. If something tells me this isn't over it, uh, this isn't over yet. So whatever it was, Went a little longer than I would have liked, but Bobby Lashley ends up getting a win. By the way, could somebody tell people that if you want to put somebody through a table in the corner, you put one leg down and you put one leg in the corner. You don't have the table fully set up in the corner. Never works. Didn't work for Charlotte and Sasha and Hell in a Cell. Didn't work here. Somebody goddamn tell these people how to put people through tables. Either way, Match was what it was, and I was glad it was over when it was over. But that match, as far as how lackluster it was, pales in comparison to the main event. Ho ho! Oh my god! Um. Oh. WWE Women's Tag Team Championships: The Kabuki Warriors versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Man. If you look up train wreck in the dictionary, this match pops up. I mean, from what I'm understanding, Kyrie Sane got hurt. I don't know at what point in the match she got hurt, but it must have been pretty early on because she looked pretty off this whole match. This is another match where I was like kind of half paying attention because it was very slow, very sloppy. Um, it took it just felt like people were just taking forever to set up spots. I mean, and here's here's another thing, by the way, guys. That I forgot to mention in the revival match, um, I believe that was the only other ladder match. 
But this applies to a lot of ladder matches I've seen in the past 5, 10 years. Okay, you have a ladder match, right? By the way, best ladder match of all time is WrestleMania 17. The Hardys versus Edgy Christian versus the Dudley Boys. You know why that match was so great? It's not because of the spots. Oh, that, that definitely added to it. That definitely made the match entertaining in its own right. But that match was so great. And you could, you could say the same thing about, you know, Sean versus Razor or even like Rock versus Triple H. So those early ladder matches, they were built on the premise that you are desperately trying to climb a ladder to grab a hanging prize. You are not doing spots until you decide to win the match. You, the whole match, people should be desperately running up that ladder and getting cut off at the pass. That is the point of a ladder match. Kayfabe, you know, however you want to look at it, you are trying. Doesn't matter how long the match takes. You, you, if you get a, if you get an opportunity right at the beginning, you should be sprinting up that ladder to grab the belt. I did not see that New Day vs. Revival. I did not see that in this main event for the Women's Tag Team Championships. I did not see that in the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros. You name it, any, any almost almost any ladder match within the past, you know, five, ten years, with the, maybe the exception of some Money in the Bank ladder matches, but just just a quick, you know, little pet peeve that I need to vent here. Um, but that definitely applied for this main event. And like I said, it just felt like they were just doing spots, spot, here, we're going to do this spot, and then we're going to do this spot, and then we're going to do this spot, and then you can climb up the, t- climb up the ladder and grab the title. And the spots were taking forever to set up. You know, nobody else knows how to set up a ladder. Nobody knows how to swing a goddamn chair. Like what? Lay it in. If you hit, if you hit them flat in the back, it's, it, it might hurt a little bit. But you're a goddamn professional wrestler. Hit him with the chair. Fuck Becky Lynch and her stupid. Fuck Becky Lynch. But Becky Lynch in particular was terrible at that. I mean, her, her all, all her offense in general. And it's just very weak and clumsy. But man, you put a weapon in her hand or you try to involve her in some gimmick match and those weaknesses are very highlighted and very visible and it's very awkward and embarrassing to watch. I don't know, man. Charlotte and Asuka carried this match to the best of their abilities. I think they were both... They both are the ones that had fire in their eyes and they both were doing their best to make this match as, as good as they could make it. Um... Unfortunately, Kyrie got hurt at some point. I'm not sure when she got hurt, but I, I noticed Charlotte tried to spear her, and it was like a weird. She just kind of crumbled before Charlotte hit her, and then Charlotte just like slapped the shit out of her. I don't even know. I don't know if Charlotte understood that Kyrie was hurt at that point, but she was visibly pissed because right afterwards, Charlotte powerbombed Kyrie through the table, and it was such a weird. I mean, at the time I was watching it, and I literally thought there might be like heat between them because it looked like Kyrie was sandbagging Charlotte when Charlotte was going through for the power bomb through the table because Kyrie was like, she wasn't trying at all to like lift her head up. She was using zero of her core strength to lift herself up on the Charlotte's shoulders. She was just laying flat like a dead fish. I mean, Charlotte, you know, God bless her. She's a, she's a, she's a, a specimen, and she was able to get Kyrie up and go through with the spot but man that was hard to watch a lot of this match was hard to watch and not even really like in a fun way I mean the crowd was on their hands the whole match people were leaving during the match you could see it but if there's one silver lining 
Kabuki Warriors end up getting the win here. Regardless of what I've said about this match, I love them as a team. I think they finally hit their stride. They got Paige out of there. They got new music. They got, you know, the similar character um, attributes now. You know, it's not like a pirate and a, and a whatever Asuka was just happened to be mashed together because they both happen to be Japanese, but they're both, like, on the same page now. Um, without page. Same page without page. And uh, I love what they're doing. I love that the tag team titles are getting the spotlight because I think that's something that they haven't really tapped into yet. And that's that's something that could potentially be very great. But great is not what this match was. And great was not what this show was. Um, It had its good moments. Like I said, Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy was great. Humberto versus Andrade was great. Um, There are certain aspects of... Uh, Bray Wyatt versus The Miz that were entertaining, but <sighs> seems like it was just a pay-per-view they were trying to get through to get to Royal Rumble and to get to WrestleMania season. And it's a good thing people aren't paying for pay-per-views anymore. Can you imagine paying sixty bucks for this bullshit? But whatever. As far if you want me, if you want me to have a a, a rating out of ten, I'll give it a I'll give it a five. I'll give it a five out of ten. It wasn't completely terrible, but a lot of it was, and uh, I don't know. That's pretty much all I got on that. So um, that's about all I got for you guys. Um, TLC was not the only pay-per-view this weekend. Um, if you are not aware, NWA Into the Fire occurred on Saturday, the night before TLC, which I happened to watch like right before TLC. I was a little late on that as well. Um, so I will also have my thoughts on that coming up very soon. Um, so keep keep an eye out for that. Uh, keep an eye out on Instagram and on Twitter for those. Um, and at all, you know, make sure to subscribe and or follow me on uh, whatever platform you listen to this, so you can get the notifications when that comes out as well. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't just get hard. Stay hard.